begin here in Genesis chapter 35. Here Jacob returns back to Bethel. You're going to see God's reassurance of Jacob as he enters into the land of Bethel uh, in Canaan. And tragically, we're going to see the death of Rachel. It's a very tragic experience. And we're going to look at also the death of Isaac. So we are coming in here in Jacob's journey as he left Shechem. And here he's going into Bethel, where God called him to go. So it begins here in verse 1. It says, And, Jake, and God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there, and make there an altar unto God that appear unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Now God here identified with Jacob in Bethel. And you see that God did not approve of his previous altar, which Jacob erected in the town of Shechem. And we see what happened in Shechem was a catastrophe that happened there. And God wanted him to go to Bethel and erect an altar there. And now he comes and says, and I arise, say, go and get thee up there and dwell. You see, in Genesis 28 verse 19, God called him. He says he called him, he called a name uh, when Jacob was leaving that place from Canaan. You know, when he leaving to Pandanaram, he called that place Bethel. But that name of that city, where that place he called Bethel was Luz, L-U-Z, and at first. And despite everything, God has always kept his promise. And God is a covenant-keeping God. Now he comes back here, and now he calls him again. He says, where you made an altar, you see. Because in Genesis 28, verse 13, he says, And behold, the Lord stood above it. He says, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed. See, God made a covenant with Jacob there. And he, he, he says that, you know, and God's covenant is everlasting. You know, there's eight covenants God has made to man in the Bible. And time and time, God is coming back and reminding this family, especially of his covenant. And God called him out of the land of Shechem. Now he tells him to go to Bethel where I made a covenant with you. And then in verse 2, he says, And then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with them, Put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. See, apparently, the household of Jacob, they brought these all strange gods. And when I mentioned before that in the, in the Old Testament, especially in the outside of the covenant of God, there are a lot of people there were, you know, polytheism. That means they had different gods and although they were following the living God they were also you know 
mingling with all these strange gods. So, you know, now Jacob comes here and tell them, say, put away your strange gods. And these are the strange gods that they brought from Syria. And, you know, the, as you notice, the house of Laban, his uncle, was a place of idolatry. And you recall that Rachel stole an image from his father's house. And, but now they are to purge themselves. They are to purge those idols that are there brought out from the country of Syria. And the household, you know, they came from the land of idolaters. And God trusted of Abraham about idols because God mentioned that Abraham is to pass down his gen throughout his generation about keeping the way of Jehovah, you know, keeping keeping the uh, way of God. Because in Genesis 18, 18, verse 19, it says, For I know him, speaking of Abraham, God is speaking to Abraham. He's speaking about Abraham. He says, For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, that they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that they, the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Speaking about the promises God has spoken of Abraham, that Abraham is to take care of his family. Of course, it's an unconditional uh, covenant, but God trusted Abraham and Abraham is a friend of God and he walked with God and you know the question is does God trust you? Is God, does God trust you to teach if you're a man or woman, does God trust you to teach uh, your children the ways of God? But God trusted Abraham here that Abraham is to keep his household from idols and follow the way of God and follow the way of, you know, El Shaddai. You see? So therefore, Jacob is now saying to his household, he's saying, who we are also, the household of Abraham. He says, put away your strange gods that are among you. And he says, be clean, cleanse yourself from these idols, cleanse yourself and change your garments. They, have, they should not have any attachments of any false gods with them as they're entering and forging ahead into this uh, place of promise. And it says in verse 3, it says, And let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. You see, let us, he says, now let us arise, let us get out, you know, let's move out of this town, which is Shechem. Because God did not call him to that place. And, and this is the place that he lodged. And he got in trouble in this place. So now he's calling his household. Say, let's get out uh, to Bethel. And there we can make, I will make an altar towards God. And who answered me in the day of my distress. When is this day of his distress? Is when he was running away from his brother Esau. And there was a, quite a distress that going on in the family <clears throat> excuse me, or of Jacob at that time. And and God, he says that, and God was with me wherever I go. You know, Jacob knew that God was with him, you know, throughout his time in Pandanera. He knew that God was with him. You know, though it seemed that God was not with him, 
because you know but he was God was with him however God was not as much as he was when he was with Abraham because or with Isaac because Jacob left the far country and you know he left the far country but God although that God was still with him and this is called God's providence and God's providence is when Jacob left the uh, land of Canaan when he left he had God's providence and what does that mean you know it means that God's is, is God's way of dealing with his creature and God controls every every movement of his creature you know you know but however it means that God's face it means that God's face won't be with Jacob but his hand will lead him and guide him down and, and, and his, his hand is going to be apparent on him and his hands was on Jacob God's hands was on Jacob not as much as he would have you know if he would have been back in the land of Canaan and or Bethel you know but you know where he is to receive the direct revelation of God and, and God rather wants you know to lead us he wants us to be in his presence God wants to be lead us in his presence and that in his presence is his direct will and right in his presence and where we can hear him and where he can hear us too you see but this man he left the far country you know he, he left to the far country and God's providence was with him God was God's God's hand and his guidance was with him however he was not in direct presence of God so but here it says in verse 4 it says and they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in in their land in their hands and all the earrings which were in their ears and Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem and they gave everything to Jacob all these strange gods and here is they are purging the house they are purging the household of Jacob here every everything like handcrafts all handcrafts and also it says earrings all earrings that are used for idols and here it said that Jacob hid them he put them in the oak tree in Shechem and earrings back then are also used in in the way of idol worshiping and if you read Hosea 2 verses 13 it says and I will visit upon her days of Balaam wherein she burned incense to them and she decked herself her earrings and her jewels and she went after her lovers and forget me said the Lord you see earrings were used for idols idolatry in those days you know here you know people deck themselves and use it go to the idol worshiping and just kind of like we do here in, in in today but here he sat all these idols in an oak now an oak tree is a, a strong tree you know symbolizes that the commitment is to be strong you know that is when they set things in oak in an oak tree 
you know, coming from also from African traditions, you know, when especially in my tribe, if, it, if they, anything that is set in an oak or every word that is spoken, they say that it's strong as an oak, you know, that means that it's no longer going to be um, compromised. This is what they are to do. They are to leave everything, that, those idol-worshipping things, uh, both the handcrafts and the earrings and everything and all the strange gods in that oak. That means that they're not going to take it back again. You know, just also if you notice in also in the Bible in the book of Joshua, Joshua 24 verses 25 and 26, it says the, the ordinance of Shechem. That's, that's what they follow. They're following the ordinance of Shechem. And it says that jo Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law and took a great stone and set it up there in an oak that was by the sanctuary of the of the lord meaning that it's a strong commitment there that is is, is bound like an oak moving on in verse 5 it says and they journeyed and the terror of god was upon the cities that were round about them and they did not pursue after the sons of jacob See, the terror of God is now following them. And upon the neighboring countries, they were they had this uh, vengeance that is trying to also animosity and, and that is they're trying to pursue after the sons of Jacob. You know, remember the sins of Levi and Simeon. You know, here it says the Canaanites and the Perizzites did not pursue them because they are trying to avenge what has happened but God was with them you see the terror of God was with them and when we walk in obedience as this man Jacob is beginning to walk you know the God the God sends a terror in the heart of your enemies and this is what God is doing to protect his people because these are God's people and you see and then in verse 6 it says so Jacob came to Luz which is in the land of Canaan, that is Bethel, and he and all the people that were with him. Now, before he was called Luz, and now, you know, before, but now it's called Bethel. And you see, Jacob finally arrived at Bethel. You know, the rightful place God wanted him to be in. And this is God's direct will for Jacob and to dwell in that land. This is the land that God wanted him to dwell. This is the land that he is now to be dwelling. And it says, and he built there an altar and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. See, now he came to this, uh, he came to Bethel and Bethel, the word Bethel means the house of God. And it's now it's, it's called the place El Bethel. Again, the word El means God. Now it means God in the house of God. That's what it means. El Bethel, God in the house of God. And Jacob now has have a change perspective. You know, before as a young man, he called that place Bethel. You know, and now he's saying God is in the house of God. See, this is the right place for him to build an altar here 
not in the land of Shechem. He's not supposed to do that. But now he comes here. And then he says in verse 8, and then, but Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, died. Again, this is the first death here. And she was buried beneath Bethel, an oak, under an oak. And the name of it was called Alon Bachor. This place, he called it uh, Rebecca's nurse. She died here. And <clears throat> keep in mind, Rebecca. Despite her belief that Jacob is going to come back after two days or whatever she mentioned before, a few days, she never really saw Jacob after Jacob left. But, you know, her nurse came, you know, to live with Jacob for some time. Her nurse may have brought news because nurses don't leave uh, the, their, their person, their patient in those times. She would, this Deborah was her personal nurse, so it's to assume that she came to live with Jacob after Rebecca has died and she no longer needed to be around Rebecca, you know, the family. So now she came to may, may have delivered news to Jacob about the death of his mother, but now and then she stayed with Jacob and now she, she was, you know, buried beneath this Bethel and Oak. You know, she lived with Jacob for a while and then now she died and is now buried in this Bethel under an oak because Rebecca, you know, this is Rebecca's nurse and if, if you recall in Genesis 24 verses 50, 59, you know, this nurse left with Rebecca to Canaan. You know, Jacob's mom, when Isaac called for her and now she's dying you know now she's dead that was it and so she came with and lived with you know jacob after her mother died and now she died so it says in verse 9 and says and god appeared unto jacob again when he came out of pandanera and blessed him you see god appeared to jacob he appeared to Jacob, just like how he was appearing to Abraham and Isaac. Now, this is God's direct will because now God can show his face now. He can come to Jacob directly and commune with him and talk to him, just like he was talking to Abraham. Remember when Jacob was in Pandanaram, God showed him a vision. God came to him through a vision, no, through a dream, excuse me. But now... You know, because Jacob was out of the far country, but now God can come to him and appear to him because he's now he has entered into direct will with God. So it says that God appeared to him when he came out of Pandanera. When he came out of the far country, God appeared to him and God blessed him. You know, you see, notice when also Jacob put away all the idols and then came to the land of promise. Where God wanted him to be, God appeared to him. And then he said that God blessed. This is Jacob's blessed life. This is his blessed life and that he was to inherit. This is his blessed life and this is the blessing of obedience. You see, it's not there are two kinds of God's blessing. There's the God's blessing of inheritance. You know, when you inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible says if you inherit the kingdom of God, there's blessings in it. 
see number one is eternal life you see eternal life everlasting life that's the biggest blessing but you know there's also called the blessing of obedience that means you're walking in god's word and his commandments you're following god's principle there's a blessing in that in obedience so this is the blessing god has blessed jacob because of his obedience now see this man is now walking in god's way and then in verse 10 it says and god said unto him thy name is jacob thy name shall not be called any more jacob but israel shall shall be thy name and he called his name israel see he said your name is no longer jacob and the word jacob means trickster he that supplants you know i mean the word trickster see but now god says i will change your name your name is going to be israel see god changed also abram he changed Abraham to Abraham in Genesis 17, verse 5. You know, after he had been in Canaan, you know, Abraham also came out of the land of the idolatry, the land of Chaldeas. And so so did Jacob. He came out of Pandanaram. But Isaac didn't. And so his name was not changed. But Jacob's name was changed here. Previously in Genesis verses 32. And 28, his name was changed to Israel. And he says, which says, he says, and thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel, for as a prince has thou power with God and with man, and has prevailed. The word prevail means by, by him surrendering, by him leaning on God. You know, when he came out to Bethel, God immediately changed this man's name but also the angel remember the angel of the lord changed his name and then the angel of the lord is pre-incarnated christ because an angel has no authority to change names only god can change names so the angel was the pre-incarnated christ in the old testament and then it says in verse 33 it says and god said unto him i am god Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. A nation and company of nations shall be of thee, and king shall come out of thy loins. God says, I am El Shaddai, as Jacob will later confirm to his son Joseph. And later on in Genesis 48, verses 3, it says, And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty, speaking of El Shaddai, the word God Almighty means El Shaddai. Says, appear to me unto me at Luz. Again, that's Bethel. It says, in the land of the Canaanite and blessed me. See, it says, El Shaddai appeared unto me at Lot in the land of Canaan and blessed me, meaning Bethel. And you know, God's name again is El Shaddai. You know, God never appeared to Jacob in any way else but El Shaddai. And, and God's name is to be preserved and be kept holy. Not to be used in bumper, uh, bumper sticker or any word of definition or repetitiously in a way that is careless. You know, only in praise and prayer. And he is El Shaddai. The word El Shaddai means that God is the all-sufficient one. He says, he's telling his son that the all-sufficient one came to me and blessed me. 
See, and then in verse 12, it says, And the land which I gave, God continues, it says, And the land which I gave Abraham, Abraham and Isaac, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed after thee will I give the land. You see, the land which God gave to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. He says, it's, this is an everlasting covenant. And this is the promise. This is the promise nations. He say nations will be come out of you and will be fruitful, you see, and multiply. Kings, says, company of nations, land. You see, God keeps his comp, uh, promises throughout all generations. For example, to Jacob, in Genesis 28, verses 13, he says, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land which thou liest to thee will I give it to thy seed. Again, to Isaac, he said in Genesis 26, verses 3 and 4. He says, Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and I will bless thee for thee, and to thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform an oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and I will give unto thee seed of all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And then for in Abraham, he said, Genesis 13, verses 15, he says, For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. Also, God says in to Abraham in Genesis 12, verse 7, He says, And the Lord appeared unto Abraham, and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land, and there build an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And there he built an altar. So, God has been passing down throughout generations of the patriarch. He has been you know, being consistent with his promises and he is coming and, you know, promising them the same thing. Years, years, he come back and will promise them the same thing. See, God is consistent with his promises. He's very, he's faithful. And that's the person of God. He is faithful. And he never, will never break his word. He always keep his promises. And he's making promises to the, uh, to the line of Abraham. It says to thy seed. Again, the seed also means Christ. And also to thy seed also is speaking about generation, generations of Abraham and in through Isaac. Okay. Through Isaac. Now Abraham has many sons, but again, through Isaac is thy seed promise. Through the line of Isaac, which is Christ, through that line. See, and that's going to be the Israelites through that. So it says in verse 13, And God went up from him in the place where he talked with him. See, God, again, here's a technical term that says that God went up from him. Did God leave, left him, you know, or departed from him? You know, no, this is, again, the, the, the terms of expression. As God has manifested, he says that God manifested and then left. You see, God manifest in the old times, in the Old Testament, he will manifest, his spirit will manifest on 
the people on his servants. And after that, after he's done his work, God will leave them. You see, that's how they write books. They write um, the Bible, you know, the word, because God will manifest and then he will make his, you know, make himself known. And then after that, he will leave. And it says, and then God left. Again, that's the work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and manifest and then leave the patriarchs or the prophets. You see, because it says in Genesis also, in Genesis 17, verse 22, to clarify, it says, in Genesis 17, verse 22, it says, And he left off talking with Abraham and went up from Abraham. Again, left and went up out of Abraham. But in Christ's time, you know, all that, again, the whole, God is always moving up and down and leaving. But in Christ's time, John, it says in John, John bear record. He said that John bear record in John 1 verses 32. He said, I bear record saying that the spirit descending from heaven like a, do a dove abode upon him. In other words, the Holy Spirit abode in Christ. He never left him. You see, that's the sign that Christ is the Messiah because the spirit came and abode with him. That means God never left Christ, you see. So again, today, Christians are indwelt, you know, with God, by the Holy Spirit. They are indwelt, and God lives in us through the Holy Spirit, see. But then the Old Testament, he said that God will come and will manifest himself as he does now with Jacob. And then he came and he left them, you see. He left, he left the, uh, Jacob and went up from him. And then in verse 14, it says, And Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he talked with God, even a pillar of stone, and he poured a drink offering down, and he poured oil down. Again, the first time a drink offering is mentioned in the Bible here, and he, he says a drink offering is, to, is a poured out life. You know, a life that is poured out. You know, David David poured out a drink, you know, as an as an offering. You see, it's meaning symbolizing he's pouring out his life. You know, the Lord also pour out, pour out himself as a drink offering. As you see, if you recall in, in Paul, Paul's last word, he says, I am poured out as a drink offering. In other words, I'm emptying myself of what God has given me. I'm now pouring everything out. I'm, I'm poured out. You know, believers are also to pour out themselves as a drink offering to God. See, that's what it means to pour out yourself. And he says, here he says, and he poured, he poured a drink offering down and he poured oil down. And then in verse 15, it says, and Jacob called the name of the place where God spake with him, Bethel. Again, the, Beth the word Bethel is the house of God. Then here it says in verse 16, and, and, and they journeyed from Bethel, and there was a, about a little way to Ephrath. And Rachel travailed, and she had hard labor. See, on the journey from Bethel to Ephrath, Rachel is now in pain and now she's having this hard labor she's pregnant and she's gonna give birth to benjamin 
and here this woman is is in in hard way of giving this birth and he says and it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said unto her fear not that thou shalt have this son also you see and the midwife said to Rachel, he says, fear not, you shall have this son also. And now this son is Benjamin. You know, what you say, this son won't die. And before Benjamin was born, you know, she said, you know, this woman, um, Rachel said concerning Joseph, you see, and she called his name Joseph and said, the Lord shall add me another son. She, she prophesied that the God is going to give me another son. And, but here she's in hard labor and Rachel was about to die. And it's very hard for Jacob here because this is a heartbreak. And, you know, this is a woman that he worked for. He worked for, to earn for 14 years. And, you know, she now is going to die shy of the promised land and this is jacob's hard life now he's been you know drastically being portrayed here and you know first of all he was chased out by his you know you know chased by esau and he never saw his mother and now he had conflict with his two wives in the in pandanarum and then he's been overworked and deceived by his uncle Laban and he has a wayward son. Now he has a ruptured back, all these things. And now finally the big blow is, you know, the death of his true love. And this was, you know, Rachel. This is this is a very difficult time for this man here. And and later later the terrible news was his son Joseph, his favorite son, you know, all because of his ways, you know, self-will ways, deceptive ways, you know, far away from his father, you know, Abraham and Isaac's land. But the good things that happened to this man's life was Rachel. And now this woman is dying. And then also she's going to leave two sons, you know, Joseph and Benjamin, and he's gonna love you know jacob is gonna love them in a special way that you know because they were born of rachel that this is he's gonna put all this energy and loving these two two children that rachel is gonna leave leave behind so and you're gonna see this more and then how this man devoted himself to love these boys to the point that it becomes jealousy comes into the picture and he says in verse 18 and it came to pass as her soul in departing for she died that she called his name ben noni but his father called him benjamin you see rachel called his name ben oni meaning the son of my sorrow that's what Ben Oni means. And Jacob changed the name, say Benjamin. And Benjamin is contrary to what Ben Oni means. It means Benjamin means the, the son of my right hand. And he says in verse 19, And Rachel died and was buried in the way of Ephrath, which is Bethlehem. And then you see Rachel died and 
buried in the way of Ephrath, which is in Bethlehem, and Rachel's sepulcher, according to 1 Samuel, verses 10 to 2, it says, Rachel's sepulcher is in the border of Benjamin at Zilza. Here this woman dies, and Rachel's death was Jacob's, again, was Jacob's biggest blow. And he loved Rachel, and she was the only thing that kept him to stay in Canaan that long, apart from Esau, you see. You know, have you ever, you know, worked for something? You work for something, and to find that God is going to remove that after reaching towards him. Now, this man is almost at the point he's reaching towards, and he's walking in God's way. And now this woman is dying. Sometimes God will, tragic things happen. You, you don't understand. You know, this man is now following God and now things like this happen. And there have been people like that, you know, when they're following God and all of a sudden things happen, tragic things happen. And Rachel's death affects Jacob so much so that he, again, he began favoring his two sons. She left for him. And then again, which brought conflict in the household of Jacob. And Leah's sons will eventually become jealous over Rachel's son, Joseph. And then in verse 20, he says, And Jacob set a pillar upon her grave, and that is the pillar of Rachel's grave unto this day. Now he set a pillar at her grave, again, as a symbol of his love. It says here, And Israel journeyed and spread his tent beyond the tower of Ada. And it came to pass when Israel dwelt in that land that Reuben went and lay with his lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine, and Israel heard it. Now the sons of Jacob were twelve. Now Israel, notice again, Israel is now Jacob's name is now being exchanged out and weaned out by using Israel. Now he's Israel now. He's no longer Jacob because God has changed his name. And here he spread his tent and he says beyond the tower of Babel. No, beyond the tower of Edda. And while at the land, you know, he said Reuben. And Reuben is Jacob's eldest son. And here he laid with Bilhah, Jacob's concubine. And again, another heartbreak in the life of Jacob, which, you know, brought shame. And along with Levi and Simeon, who were murderers, you know, these people were murderers. And now you have Reuben, all these, you know, you know, from Leah's sons, these things happening in this household. Now it says that, you know, there are 12 sons of Israel. There's 12 sons of Jacob. Again, these going to become tribes, the 12 tribes later. And then he says here, and the sons of Leah, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, and Simeon, and Levi, and Judah, and Issachar, and Zebulun. See, he says after, after Benjamin, the sons were now completed. The 12 sons were completed. And you have the sons of Leah, Reuben, and he says he's a firstborn, but again, eventually he's going to lose his place because of sin, the sin that he committed with uh, Bilhah. And he says, and then you have Simeon and Levi and Judah, 
and Issachar and Zebulun. All these are Leah's, you know, sons. And all is a total of two, uh, six. And then in verse 24, it says, And the sons of Rachel, Joseph and Benjamin, and the sons of Bilhah, Rachel's handmaids, Dan and Naphtali. So you got the sons of Rachel, Joseph and Benjamin. There are two of them. And then you have sons of Rachel. Ra no, sons of Rachel's handmaid, Bilhah, which is Dan and Naphtali. That's two. And then you have the sons of Zilpha, Leah's handmaid, Gad and Asher. And these are the sons of Jacob, which were born in him in Pandanera. So you have sons of Zilpha, uh, Leah's handmaid, Gad and Asher, that's two, and also sons of Jacob, you know, which were born in Pandanera. These are all sons of Jacob. So all together, there are 12, 12 uh, sons. And verse 24, 27, excuse me, it says, And Jacob came unto Isaac his father, unto Mamre, unto the city of Abba, which is Hebron, where I, where Abraham and Isaac sojourned. Now Jacob returned home to his father, to his father, you know, Isaac. And after 20 years plus in Mamre, and the city is here is Abba, which is Hebron. First, Jacob was kind of slow to get to his journey because he camped in Shechem and then he camped in Ephrath and then Edah. And then finally return to Hebron where his father is. You know, it may be because he has lots of lots of flock and then also he's walking on an injured hip. It says in verse 20, 28, And the days of Isaac were a hundred and fourscore years. And Isaac gave up the ghost and died and was gathered unto his people, being old and full of days. And his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. See, now he comes here to, to Hebron and is where Jacob longed for to return. And his father Abraham and Isaac, you know, and his mother. You know, again, his mother was not mentioned here, but you know, she never saw his son Jacob again. But Isaac, he says Isaac was 180 years old. In verse 29 says he was full of years he's full of days and he gave up the ghost and died and the sons of Jacob sons of Isaac excuse me sons of Isaac Jacob and Esau they came and buried him and God is gonna make good in him in this because you know this is his sons together that comes to bury this man and God kept Isaac alive until Jacob came back to bury him so we're going to continue more on this. We're going to talk more in Genesis chapter 36. Until then, precious saints, God bless.